0: Welcome to CruxCast, whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe.
1: I'm Kyle Floyd, I'm the CEO of Vox Royalty Corp. We are a purchaser of third-party royalties. We aggregate those third-party royalties into a portfolio for our shareholders. We focus on precious metals, we focus on assets that are typically anywhere from a day to 3 years out from production and we are focused on disciplined capital allocation in the Royalty sector. We believe that Royalties are the best way to generate commodity exposure and we built a business around that strategy.
0: Hey, Carl, thanks for joining us. I haven't seen you for a while, so I thought I'd better uh, reach out and see how you are because you've been quite busy since we last spoke. Um, but I'm going to let you in a secret. I'm here to talk about the market because the Royalty market has has uh, gone a little bit wonky and I want to want to get your take on maybe what's been happening out there. But Let's talk about you first of all. So what have you done since we last spoke?
1: It's been a really productive quarter for us uh, in terms of what's absolutely been generated at a foundational level in our portfolio. Um, Not a tremendous amount of deals announced, um, but a tremendous amount of growth has been announced through our operating partners uh, that operate our portfolio of assets. And so it's that organic growth that we've been referencing now for a very long time that I think separates us a lot of the pack in the Royalty sector that has surfaced and I think has provided a lot of clarity uh, for our investors and for our shareholders in terms of the value that's being created without us doing any additional
0: transactions. Okay, so last time time when we, well, when we've spoken on a couple of other cases, we talked about the discipline required, okay? So some people in certain markets lose their minds and they spend money they haven't, they spend money they shouldn't, and they pay more than they—they they definitely pay more than they should. And I'm—I'm I'm just wondering. I've, I, I look—I can't. I guess you—you you can't um, talk about specific companies. would not expect you to. But for me, when I'm looking across the industry. It makes me nervous. Okay, the precious metal market has come off. Sure, for the last twelve months, but we've seen huge, huge declines in the equities of some of the royalty companies. Yours seems to be the only one that's gone up. What have you done right that the others have got wrong? Yeah,
1: for Vox, it's been about discipline. And I think one of the benefits of our business model and of our management team is we've been there through cycles. And last year, it was really easy for companies to buy very, very expensive assets at valuations that didn't make any sense. And I think the market has digested that. It understands it. And it wants to see in whatever it's buying Generate value, generate return on assets, um, and generate the types of returns that you need to generate in this sector to reward investors. And I think a lot of a lot of the companies in our sector got ahead of themselves, uh, believed that gold was going to much higher prices. Um, It's obviously retrenched a little bit, and that's left them exposed to what the market is today. Whereas we've been very disciplined. We said, you know, hey, we haven't won a process on a deal. A lot of the processes that got shot, look, we see them, um, but we pass on them because ultimately the price that was paid for these assets was just far too much in our opinion. Um, But meanwhile, we've closed on a a number of different transactions that have surface value. Um, It's demonstrated that our discipline works Uh, And it's demonstrated that it's going to generate the types of returns that investors should expect.
0: Why do do you think us retail and family office investors get sucked into that rhetoric? Okay, there's a few kind of carnival barkers last year talking about $3,000 gold, $5,000 gold, $10,000. You know, everything looks good when there's $10,000 gold, right? It's going to be hard not to make money at those levels, but that's not the reality of it. But huge swathes of people got attracted to that rhetoric. And we saw some huge meteoric rises for some royalty companies in the precious metal space, and those people have been left hanging. How does like, how did do those companies get out of that situation? How do they you know retrench into like get back get into better deals? Can can they recover? What do they need to do to recover? a Really
1: hard question, and I'll tell you why. Most of the royalty sector, these companies don't have competitive advantages in terms of finding good royalties at good value. They're beholding to banks to bring processes of shopped royalties uh, and, and then in turn buy those royalties. At, at, you know, what, what ultimately ends up happening is the highest strategic value to the group ends up buying that royalty, but strategic value can mean different things to different people and um, ultimately it means that the prices paid for these assets are, are exceedingly high. Um, and, and probably, you know, we've all heard of the, the winner's curse. Um, it's a challenge it's a challenge. If you don't have a competitive advantage in terms of sourcing deals and building your business um, at good value, you're, you're going to have a problem for a very, very long time. Um, so I don't know how those companies get out of that situation because they haven't built the competitive advantages. They came into the royalty space because it seemed sexy. It seemed hot. Um, and in some respects, it was. But over the long term, uh, the good business models typically pan out.
0: Well, that that concerns me. That concerns me because that, that means a lot. A lot of retail being been bought in, or bought into, or been brought into a scenario which is deemed a failure in a in a market like now, right? So, it, I think last year was a fairly frothy market. You know, a lot, a lot of sentiment being uh, driven, and you know, gold going to the moon um, because of the economy, etc. Those guys left high and dry. I mean. I I literally wouldn't know what to say to people like that in terms of what they should do with the investments that they've got. I suspect most of them will sit and hold on as long as possible in the hope that the market turns. Do you think there's a chance that the market will turn for precious metals? I mean, what's Gold going to do next year? Have you got a thought on that?
1: I don't. I don't like to speculate on Gold price. I'll tell you how we price our deals, we price Gold going down. I personally might feel that gold goes up over the long term, um, but that does not influence how we invest. We invest on the basis that gold is likely to decline in value, along with the entire suite of commodities, uh, hard rock mining commodities that will entertain royalties on or purchasing royalties. So, the the reality is we use a consensus price deck that typically has most metal prices, if not all of them, decreasing um, significantly below spot prices. So. That's our business model. Um, We don't get lost in the gold going higher conversation. Um, And I'll tell you, you know, that's what that helps serve our investors well.
0: So, so let's look at some of the ratios. Again, I think we've talked about a couple of the ratios that are important um, in in the past. Because this is this game is about a return on the asset, right? You've got to think in those terms. So, what should we, you know, naive investors be looking for? So, if we if we listen to royalty company CEOs in the future, what should what What's the part of the, of their pitch that is most important for us to understand?
1: Well, you have to understand the ro- the royalty model makes money. It should make money in two respects. It should make money. This is our belief, both in terms of what you're buying now and what you know is in the ground. You should make money on that. Um, and then there's the option value about what you don't know. You can speculate on what you don't know. Um, and a lot of royalty companies out there are paying absolutely full value for everything that you know is in the ground now, or believe is in the ground now, and believe is mineable. And then you're also paying a premium on top of that, so a premium to net asset value, uh, and hoping that there's discoveries and increases. So increase the resources and reserves to new discoveries, and hoping that there's increases in metal prices. Well, if those two things don't happen, and you've paid more for that asset than what you know is there right now, You've already lost money for your investors. And, and that is something that we don't do. That is something that a lot of the companies in the royalty sector are doing. So I would say, I believe the better model is make money on what you're buying with what you know. And then also get the option value. But that comes along, you know, you're not paying full, you're not paying for that when you don't know what that could be. Um, but that the reality is most royalty companies are, are going about it that way, which means their ultimate return on assets can be negative or very, very low.
0: So if we if we talk to investors and they say, well, what, what should I do with my portfolio? We, we talk about you know having sort of steady steady state revenue, that may, whether it be dividend paying or just uh, you know cash flow businesses, which you know go up, at, you know. A modest pace, but you know, you know, you know, it's going to going to keep going because it's a fundamentally a good business. And we say, and if you've got some spare cash, maybe you can invest in some higher leverage place, which might get you a bigger return. It might not, but it won't matter in the in the context of your portfolio. Could you guys not employ the same strategy? Would you not just say occasionally? You know, discipline is great and all that, but maybe we can knock it out of the park with one or two of these dollars of ours. You
1: know, we take a portfolio approach to what we buy. We have amazing exposure that we've generated for investors. We have 35 million gold equivalent ounces covered under royalty um, within our projects that that we have royalties over. Um, we have five production stage assets going to 10 production stage assets going to much more than that. So we we absolutely derive that leverage and that that optionality upside. I think you can generate both for investors, and you know, I'll give you an example. We had a royalty um, that we were exclusive on under LOI. It was in the hundred million dollar price tag range, and it was a world class ore body. It was a generational royalty. Um, you know, a lot of people in our industry said, "Well, why? Why didn't you do it?" The reality was, its ultimate return on assets and return on invested capital for us was going to really diminish what our existing portfolio is generating and is going to continue to be capable of generating. Um, So while we had it at great value and someone ultimately transacted on it at a much higher price, um, it was really going to uh, deteriorate our return on assets and our return on invested capital, which are metrics that we're watching very closely for our shareholders. And and we think will ultimately um, produce the highest return and highest share price and share price growth for our business and for our shareholders. So that's our model. But you know, most of the royalty companies, I'll tell you, if they would have had that royalty under exclusive option, would have absolutely executed on it. The returns would have been two, three percent. Could have obviously gone up. Um, but you know, that's tough when you're investing in the small end of the royalty sector. You should be expecting better returns than that. Um, and that overall would have been you know lowering certainly the average return that we're generating on our assets and on our business.
0: So we've been analysing some of the acquisitions made by royalty companies over the past twelve months, and we've spoken to a lot of royalty companies. And you know, in a few instances, we've seen royalty companies justify the price that they pay based on today's price of gold, right? So in some cases, that was mm-hmm. you know eighteen fifteen, eight, it's eighteen fifteen nineteen hundred dollar gold, right? Which today looks a bit foolish. But is there anything wrong with doing that at the time? You know, should companies be discounting? Should rather be discounting the price? You always you talk about looking at a lower price uh, for your deals. But is there anything, anything wrong with looking at you know spot as acquisition price? There's
1: everything wrong with it. And if you look at the mining companies, and I believe there's data that supports this, the mining companies that have outperformed have been very very disciplined on capital allocation. They use a much lower gold price when they're modeling out assets and modeling out um, how they're going to deploy their capital. The companies that have, um, you know, let's say, been exuberant in times when metal prices are running, I think have, you know, again, I think have been proven to be the worst performers in the industry. So we've been disciplined. Um, we've been very targeted in terms of what we acquire, uh, and we don't use we don't use spot. Um, and that's part of our business model, which is we're going to return investors. Uh, we, we expect to generate return for our investors um, uh, at lower prices than we're metals trading today. And I think that is what supports the risk-adjusted benefits of owning a royalty company. A royalty company is out there buying assets at premium to net asset value. Um, you know, you're, you're taking on a lot of risk for some leveraged upside, sure. Um, but there's better ways to get that leverage upside then
0: okay and, and, and another kind of qu- question from me because it just, I, it it was something I didn't really understand last year there were portfolios and deals being done on multiples which just seemed way out of whack with you know how soon cash would come through little things like that you know so you know company would come in buy a portfolio of, of assets, which not all of which were good. Some may have been good, some were mediocre, and some you could, you know questionable, but they all got the same multiple. Is that the saving grace here for some of the companies which perhaps are, are struggling a bit in, in an environment like, like now? M&A will come along and solve their problem because they will get a, a, a straight multiple across all of their portfolio, in which case they could give their shareholders a decent return. Or are they sitting there waiting for the price of Gold or whatever commodity to go up? I mean, it, they seem like the two options available to them.
1: I, I think they really only have one option available to them, and that's going to be waited out and, and hope that a much higher commodity price comes their way. Um, the reality is the majors have been pretty disciplined in terms of what royalty companies they'll acquire. Um, there obviously is a relatively new entrant in the space. that has been a little bit more aggressive in terms of MA. Um, but there are truly only probably certain companies sub 500 million dollars in the royalty space that a third party could come to value on and actually purchase um, there's not very many in my opinion so I don't believe that m a is going to bail out a lot of the bad investment decisions that have been made over the last few years in the sector um, and so the only option then for that business and for their shareholders is to hope that metal prices increase um, and and ultimately you know they uh, they can exit. But that's uh, that's my opinion on the space.
0: Okay, so you're saying that the the market or retail has been fooled by marketing promotion, but industry players are unlikely to walk in and solve their problems by picking up projects assets which are subpar. Okay, that's not good.
1: You know, it's not it's not good if you've been investing in royalty companies that have been very aggressive using, um, let's say. Spot prices to value deals and needing every bit of resource to reserve conversion to happen. Um, those are those are some of the issues in the industry right now. So um, yeah, it's going to be. It should. It will very likely be a very tough ride for some of those companies if they're not bailed out with just a much much higher commodity price cycle, um, which I don't think anyone can expect. I think you have to plan for the worst and make money. Uh, really, in a worst case type scenario.
0: okay, so a bunch of resetting of expectations across across the board, and I think we, we'd probably go back and look at our data and try and understand where some of those companies sit today. Um, for you, looking forward, have you any reason to believe that your revenue projections are not on track?
1: No, look, our revenue projections, we came out with guidance. Uh, we doubled our revenue guidance just a few months back. Um, everything continues to track. Uh, we obviously, you know, one of the big wins for us was iron ore was at all time high prices. That's backed off a little bit. Um, but again, I think, you know, we're, we're tracking the guidance very, very well. And then next year, we have an abundance of assets coming online. Sega Lola, uh, that's operated by Thor Explorations, just announced first gold pour on commercial production, that comes online. Bulong uh, is a Western Australian gold asset that is projected to come online uh, mid next year. And then we have a number of other projects also expected to come online next year. So you know we've got um, every reason to believe that we're going to continue uh, generating really really nice revenue growth, um, and also you know continuing to deploy our
0: capital very efficiently. Okay, so royalties is and can be a good commodity class, a good class, investment class to get into. But you need to look at the detail.
1: You have to look at the detail, yeah. And I think the investors need to be asking the CEOs and the investment decision makers, um, and understanding who those are in these companies. Uh, what is their track record? What is their experience? Are they mining engineers? Are they geologists? Have they invested capital previously in this space? Um, do they have a track record of success? They need to ask the hard questions because there's a lot of companies out there that are trying to do deals for the sake of marketing value or um, you know, increasing their notoriety, whatever the case may be, but it's not coming down to fundamentals. Um, and, and I think that's a real issue in the industry right now. Um, and so investors have to start asking some of the harder questions, I think, to understand, are they investing? The royalty the royalty industry has become its own cottage industry. Um, and so sophistication in the sector has to grow. And for those that, you know, put the time in to learn a little bit more, and obviously, we're here to try and help in, in, in that process. Um, they're going to be able to discern, I think, what a good Royalty company looks like from, from maybe the rest.
0: But it's, it's a difficult thing, Carl, because last year everyone was excited, not just retail, not just family offices, but the brokers, the bankers. It was an environment where you could raise money for anything. And I'd, I've had a couple of CEOs recently, this month, say to me, there's too many junior exploration companies for Gold out there. With royalties, royalty companies and streaming companies going through what they're going through at the moment, i.e. the hard, hard lessons of you know where you should and shouldn't place your money, there's going to be a little bit less optionality for junior exp- gold exploration companies, you know, certainly the rest of this year and, and, and next, unless it stands up to scrutiny. And hopefully, brokers and bankers pay a little bit more attention to that um, instead of their fees, would be my feeling on the subject.
1: You know, I, look, I, the junior space is very, very difficult. Um, You are, you know, the majors have basically said they're not going to go do all the exploration work for the industry. And so that really does push it down to the junior end of the sector. And there are obviously those really big wins that can be generated, but it's a, it's a tough, um, it's a tough industry to invest in. Um, There's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing. And there's a few people that do know what they're doing. Um, and you, you have to tip your cap to those that do know what they're doing and are doing the hard work um, to find the deposits and prove those deposits out. And so, you know, it's it's tough because it's very difficult to weed out those that know what they're doing from those that don't. Um, and then it makes the job harder on those that do um, and that are able to generate returns for their shareholders. They have to compete with a lot of noise out there. So, you know, it's one of the things I think the sector can improve. But look, it's it's tough being a junior company out there. Um, I respect them for what they're doing. It's it's the hardy, hardy industry for sure, um, but it's you know it is tough for investors to to be able to discern you know the the good opportunities from bad opportunities for sure.
0: That's kind of interesting, actually, Carl. Uh, I
1: founded Vox. We created Vox to be that outlet for retail investors and for investors looking for commodity exposure, so they didn't have to. Be mining engineers and geologists to try and pick these assets and, and spend the time that's needed to really understand the junior end of the sector. And so that's why this business was created. That's why, you know, I think we present as a really interesting investment idea and, and platform for investors that want the commodity exposure, they want a little bit less risk, they want that leveraged upside. That's why this business was created. And I think we offer that uh, well for our shareholders and our investors.